We have just launched our Blue Friday sale, and everything at ProEDU.com is 65% off or more. Every tutorial, every master collection, save $130 or more when you purchase during the Blue Friday sale through Cyber Monday. Now, Blue Friday is a sale so big that we couldn't use the name Black Friday because it's bigger than Black Friday, people. It comes with a free $1,500 Photographer's Toolkit bundle with software and additional new tutorials, all free. While supplies last through Cyber Monday, we're giving away the Photographer's Toolkit with any tutorial purchase at ProEDU.com. Now, you want to stock up? You want to save a little bit more? You've got some additional options. Spend over $250, get an additional 15% off with the code BLUE15. You want to you want to stock up? You want to get a few master collections and a few tutorials? You spend more than $400, get an additional 25% off with the code BLUE25. So Blue Friday is going on right now. Don't sleep on it. Take a nap, but don't sleep on it. ProEDU.com through Cyber Monday, 65% off or more. Welcome to the ProEDU podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite artist. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. In this episode, we're sitting down with none other than Johns Wayne and Jeffro Haas, who is a, a returning member of the podcast. Thank you for coming back. And also, Wayne's John is also a returning yeah, member. Yeah, these Look are a, it's a reunion. Of, yeah, repeat offenders. Reunion. Yeah. And we also have Frederick Van... Fucking. Johnson. Boom. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's my name on this island. <laughs> <laughs> what are we... What, hey, what are we talking about today? We're talking about uh, these guys have uh, figured out the formula. How do you find clients? How do you make it in this business, which is not an easy thing to do? Identifying, identifying clients. In nine words or less, like what do you do? Uh, I'm a fashion, beauty, and advertising photographer. You're Australian. <laughs> no, no. Where are you from? <laughs> New Zealand. I'm from the UK. New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Zealand. <laughs> Auckland. By way of Auckland. From Canada via New Zealand. <laughs> Jeff, I'm a commercial and editorial photographer in New York. And you wrote the book on men. And women. And women. You want to dive? Give me a little more than that. Yeah, I was kidding about the nine words. Expound. So I wrote a book on photographing men and photographing women, effectively how to pose, how to light, how to capture them, the psychology behind photographing both. And And it was from a distance, like when they're not watching? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, voyeur. (laughs) Why not? Why'd you write the books? Um, Marketing. Quite literally marketing. Nobody writes a book for for money. And if you do, you're stupid. So effectively, you write books to uh, put on a business card, let people know that you're the expert in a leading area for a specific subject. For me, it was a way to expand in new markets. The uh, publisher is the one marketing to places like Japan and China and Australia and all these different lands that I might not have access to. So they're doing the marketing for me. So it's a good business card for someone else to be able to distribute. A 200 page 500 volume edition yeah, <laughs> this is card. the book of jeffro <laughs> the, the book of chapter Jeffro. one verse nine yeah i like it so yeah. that's, that's such a refined answer as well man. it was like just pinpoint wasn't it yeah he's done this once or twice before yeah, i have yeah. a feeling Chows, yeah. man. all right rob what's the first question let's talk about how you have kind of um found your footing but then how you identify clients that you want to work for because that's a real trick 
you know, finding the right people and then being able to make and build that relationship. Yeah, good point. Well, you know, I definitely turned people photographer early on. So fashion and beauty was definitely the way I wanted to go commercially. Um, and identifying the right clients to be with. I mean, as we know, there's lots of genres of fashion photography. So you've got editorial, you've got catalog, you've got whole couture, you've got many guises to, 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 to sort of satisfy. And I think if you want to establish yourself in one of those, then that's where you've got to concentrate. And then that sort of gives you your catchment area, the type of client, whether that be magazine, which is mainly my work. You've then got to find a client with the type of work that, that's being pumped out that suits what you like and what you're after. So you've then obviously got to produce the kind of work, if you want to, what they're producing that suits your style and suits your direction. And uh, if you're happy with that, then you work along those lines and that's, that's your target base. You've got to hit that. You know, it's, it's no good photographing oranges if the client wants apples. You know? I mean, they're both a fruit, but it's a different kind of fruit. So, Great. yeah, I think that's, that's the way you've got to pinpoint it in fashion and, and beauty as well yeah it's kind of tough though because in particularly in the beginning as you're trying to establish your career it's you you just have to find work yeah you know so, so pinpointing who you want to work for and only going after that client can be a difficult trick when you got to make the ends meet right? yeah, that's absolutely fair but it gives you a chance to be able to practice and make mistakes and, and learn what you love what you don't love so working with certain clients that you may not be passionate about to begin with i mean definitely helps you identify that you know what in the future i don't want to work with that specific demographic of person so it definitely helps you make a, a distinction in that i don't think anybody successfully as a photographer shoots what they want to shoot right from the beginning. no way it's impossible so and, and low-end clients you know you start with low-end clients because you know the high-end clients then they're not interested in you yet you've got nothing for them you know you've no, got no you campaign, don't have experience nothing, to yeah. anything up. so start with the smaller brands and and like you know, just said you, you start finding your niche and developing in that when way. you're when you're starting out <clears throat> do you, you know, advice to beginning photographers or advanced amateur photographers is the is the the right move to define the avatar of who your ideal client is and then say yeah that's the holy grail that i'm shooting for and yeah i'll take this riffraff before i get there and then but i know i'm shooting for this type of client or do you just figure it out along the way I think, and you can you can put it in your two cents. My disposition is like we all have different genres we want to shoot. Shoot what you want to be hired for, obviously. But you're going to make mistakes. Shooting lower-end clients, for example, it's a lot cheaper to make a mistake than it is a higher-end client. So if I'm going to shoot something and a model's worth three, four, five thousand $5,000 for the day, I don't want to mess up. That's not one of my first clients. It's easier to make uh, mistakes when it's a cheaper client to begin with. That may not be your love or passion, but it definitely gives you practice in order to do better later on. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And not only that, I mean, you know, if you're starting out as a, you know, pro-am or anything like that or an enthusiast, you haven't got that experience yet either commercially, even on set. So, you, you know, you don't know how to pose your model properly yet or how to get that clothing to stand out. Or if it's an advertorial, you don't really know how to control that. So I think, you know, like I just said, you need the lower end client or you need to be making those mistakes to learn the industry, to be able to deliver to the client what what is needed and on point, you know, refined, yeah. Do you remember your first clients, when? How did you start out? Yeah, I, I, was, I was quite lucky, really. Um, early on, when I was assisting, I worked for a design agency, you know, back in the days of Repro, when men magazines used to be reproed all the time on film. And because uh, I had a, a lot of involvement with those kind of clients, um, one of them was a magazine client called Rush Magazine, 
and they were based down on the south coast, on the surf coast. And they used to have a six-page uh, fashion spread editorial every month. And uh, it was a new magazine, new startup. So um, because they knew I was photographing as well, they, they sort of just, just gave me the cookie. And I said, man, can you just shoot us a six-page editorial? And it was on location straight away. And from thereafter, you know, so then I got introduced to other clients from there, like Adidas and Nike and Vans and things. But I've still got the first issue, still got the first couple of issues in print. Yeah, still got them tucked away talk a little bit about care and feeding of clients because there's different levels of you know you want to present yourself in your brand in a certain way so you communicate in a certain way your your materials that you send them you, even the vernacular that you use to speak with them is a certain way how do you how do you form that god man, i mean it's like casting my mind back i mean well as, as you mean as if for a beginner to get into it yeah or just you you in general like when you're if someone wants to come <laughs> and shadow you yeah, and yeah. see how you you know you have at first contact with big client a yeah yeah how do you communicate with them what's that flow well, the first thing you gotta do is listen you gotta listen to what your client wants what they need uh one whether you think you can deliver that whether you're the right person for that i mean if they've come to you in the first place then obviously it's a pretty good match mm-hmm. any problems you're going to come across anything you want to identify back to the client that they might not have seen sure. in, in 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 the brief um you know even some clients we get in art directors you know a lot of our art directors now are very young you know and perhaps also don't Most have the experience them, yeah. yeah yeah so you can sometimes lead or guide them as well so uh, once you've established the meeting and uh, you know the brief is when the shoot's going on, um, yeah, then then also you move on to confirming a logistics issue. Yeah, yeah. And how do, how do you handle the the money conversation? Because it's always hard to yeah to broach that. How do you how do you handle that? It, it, but while being tactful and not cheesy and not losing the client. Yeah, I, well, I think sort of, you know, the levels I'm at in the years I've been in it, you, you get to a stage where you, there's an order of process of conversation in terms of the job in the first place. So once, once you get the brief out of the way, then, you know, everything that's involved in that, whether it be on location and models and teams and things like that, you're, you're then discussing costs and fees and usage rights as well, depending on what the client is and, you know, what, what the imagery is being used for. So... It, it falls in a, a nice, you know, logistical breakdown. And, you know, we have our, we have our sheets for that. We have our, our pieces of paper for that, you know, for image rights and image use. Yeah. So geographical location and, you know, that, that sort of thing. And, and listening to that question, is it because you feel like most photographers have a hard time in, in basically establishing what their price should be? Is that okay? Well, yeah. Both, yeah we know they do. <laughs> yeah, establishing what their price should be. But also once you establish it, how, the communication, you know, it's not like, hey, yeah, I'll do that job. It's going to cost you this much versus a nice formatted PDF with the pricing in there and, you know, all that stuff. So one of the things that we discussed this morning, Wayne and I, was funny enough, photographers yeah. have a hard time establishing value. And I'm not talking about value in regards to monetary costs. I'm talking literally what their value is as a photographer. So as an example, if you get hired to, uh, to photograph a commercial shoot, what is a commercial shoot worth to a client? If it's their only marketing campaign that they're running and they're, they're using those images to sell all of their product for the next year, for example, you have a ton of value as a photographer. You're not going to charge $50 if it, that, that marketing campaign is worth $5 million in global sales to them. But it's understanding that you as a photographer, as a creative, have value for everyone that you photograph. So as an example, what I give most, most people is if you're photographing a business portrait for a dentist, as an example, what is image worth to that dentist? Well, somebody's going to scroll through their site and say, you know what, I want to hire that person or I don't want to hire that person based on their image. It's just where society is at the present moment. We look at someone that we don't want to hire and we say, no, I don't want to go with that person. And if 100, 2, 3, 4, 500 people do that a month, that affects their top line revenue. So am I going to charge that person $50? If every single person for that, for that specific dentist is worth three, four, five hundred dollars $500 for a dentist, 
it's a lot of capital that I'm in charge of. If I can make them look better, I, inf- I impact their top line revenue. And that's something to realize as a photographer, you have a ton of value. If you understand that, you get out of the conversation of, of rebuttaling against price and start talking about impact. And impact is really where it matters as a photographer. And a lot of the problem, a lot of the, the, the confusion around pricing comes from just the fact that your clients and everyone is inundated with a million images every day, all day, right? And a lot of good images all day, every day. So it devalues the overall price perception of work in some ways, you know, especially for an uninformed client that's just saying, well, I'm going to pay you 50 grand for that when Uncle Bob can do it for 5000 or $5 or for free. How do you combat that? So that I'm going to rebuttal you this. So what is image worth to you? What is image worth to your business? And if you can articulate that and you're saying image is everything for my business, I'm putting up billboards, I'm putting up websites, I'm putting up this, I'm putting up that. So is image worth $50 to you? If image is worth $50 to you, then you're not my ideal client. If you're looking to invest in your brand in a way that represents you in the right way, that's why I'm here. I'm not just here as a photographer. I'm here as effectively a marketing director to get you into the right area. If your top line revenue is affected by what I bring to the table, that's what we want to make. We want to make sure that you look comfortable and confident and approachable. Financially, you're going to find a ton of people cheaper than me. But if you're looking for somebody who's going to invest themselves in your brand and get the right outcome that you're looking for, then I'm available to hire. You, you, you use a good, a, a good phrase and getting someone, where do you want to go with your image, right? Yeah. And a good analogy would be like, you know, you've spent, I don't know, $150,000 on a new car, Yeah. right? You, you polish this thing, you love it, and then you're going to go put cheap tires on it. Exactly. Is that, you, you may get to where you're going to go, but you, know, you may not. And so like, finding your first clients, I think that was one of the first conversations that we had, is you know, I think most photographers have a hard time reaching the right person. But let's, let's put this on the table as an example. How many times have you walked around in any city and seen terrible photos of lawyers on billboards? Mm, many, many, many times. How many times have you said, I can probably do better than that? Every single time. How many times have you called them? Never. That's a potential opportunity right there. Most people don't. Most artists don't. And there's a ton of value in doing that. If that person's spending $50,000, a year and spending in marketing and advertising, to your point, why would you want to put $50 rims on that on that Lamborghini per se? You want to go ahead and make sure that you have the most impact possible with the marketing that you're doing. But the communication that you have with that person, they're going to be like, well, you know, uh, that's good enough. And, uh, you know, my daughter shot that, so... You know, so how do you go from my daughter shot that for free and it's good enough. I'm still getting clients to I could do much better. What I've done in the past and say my clients that I've had in the past have had this level of impact with their businesses. They've seen ROI of X, Y, Z by by using those specific images. And we're talking about return on investment. They're investing in me. They see this level of increase in sales based off the images that I've taken. These are my clients in the past. These are local people that you've had. Mm-hmm. That's the conversation that you need to be having. Most artists don't know how to do that, which is talking about impact and value. Which, how did, how did you learn that? Because quite frankly, I think you've identified the idea of value way before most people do in their career. And you're able to speak with clients in a way that um, gets them to really understand that there is a need to pay properly. Most photographers are too terrified to have that conversation with money. They're afraid to offend. They're afraid to overvalue themselves. They're afraid that they're just going to put themselves out. So did you have an aha moment where where it was like, okay, I'm just going to tell them what, what I think? Or... How did you get there? Yeah, absolutely. Point? So one of the things that I notice about most artists is that they have, again, like you said, a hard time being able to effectively articulate the fact that they're providing a product or service. 
I know that we're creating art. I know it's creativity. I know it's beautiful. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're still providing a product or service. And when I started thinking about that in that context, the dentist provides a product or service. They're providing a service. And an electrician does the same thing. When you think of us as a trade, we have a ton of value. Mm-hmm. And me thinking about it in that perspective of I'm not just an artist, but I'm someone who provides a service. Or if I'm selling prints, sells a product. And that has value to a to specific group. It's a, just a difference in mindset. Most artists are so focused on what they're what they're providing, and they're so like heartfelt with what they're creating. They forget the fact that they're providing a service or product. Yeah, and I think that there's another component to it. I think that so many photographers. I know that I've been guilty of this, you know, in my career. You start thinking about the exposure value. Yeah. That by having that client on your roster, by having those samples to show another potential client that that's where the real value lies. But that value doesn't pay your rent. It doesn't pay your overhead. It doesn't pay your salary. Uh, And I think that's one of the probably most dangerous and slippery slopes for photographers is thinking that the value is in the exposure when it's not. So let's talk about that. So let's say a band photographer. This is a perfect example to this conversation. A band photographer, what do they do? They photograph bands, right? You're sitting in the the audience. You take a great shot of a, a band. You get contacted by the social media person to be able to share that photo. You're like, okay, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and upload that photo. You didn't get paid. You gave them free exposure. You gave them free great images, but you didn't ask for anything in return. When you get that contact, you're at the perfect point to ask for something in return. Here's why. The value that you have for those images isn't the fact that you're photographing that band. It's the fact that their next show, their next physical show, is still selling tickets or the show after that. Mm -hmm. So every image that I shoot that's a great image of that specific Uh, let's say concert has a ton of value in that perspective. So why am I not asking for something in return? Ultimately, here's what, here's what a a social media person wants from a band photography. They want images. They want them now. They want to be able to market the next show. So if I can ask something in the same email, absolutely. I would love to send those to you. Um, However, I charge X, Y, Z, or it was an absolutely amazing experience. I could take better photos if I had access to. You're always asking for something in return. Opportunities. So give and take. Creating, creating that window of opportunity with, an opportunity. And, and the thing is to remember that it's don't take 50 emails to answer those things. Answer it in the first one. Yeah. Be, be able to think about the fact that they're going to ask you this the next time they have a conversation with you. Their time is of importance to them. The next show might be in two days. If it takes you 24 hours to answer that person and then it takes them three hours to answer back and, and so forth, your images have less value every single time you email that person back. So you have to talk about effectively. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting to me in particular because so much of the advertising work that I had done, there is a bit of a dance with the ad agencies and uh, the art buyers and everybody. It's kind of choreographed, and it's not just one kind of quick email. And I think maybe in that respect, I was kind of trained to go slow, which actually kind of adds a layer of fear in saying what you want to the client. And you should tell them up front. You should tell them early what you want. Don't you think, Gary? What did you have to go through to get to that uh, point? Just ex- experience. It's just a matter of, t- it's time in. It's just uh, getting enough no's, getting it wrong enough times. So where do you miss just it? Like, um, Doing that no, dance? No, looking no. at that face, no. Why not? Did you get out of photography at the right time? Mm, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Did I get out at the right time? I got out of time I think it was good for me, uh, personally. In other, in other words, you, you just got rich and then didn't need to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, Jeff, on what you were saying, I mean, and I, and I agree with you as well, it's, do you think that when you go into a situation, you've then got to open that door a little bit wider when you reciprocate an email and don't think of that opportunity as a one-trick pony? It's like, wow, obviously they're going to be doing this more than once. So it's a regular occurrence, a regular thing. So they need to look at the bigger picture and the long game in this too. So there's a, there's a couple of areas to discuss. We're talking about impact, we're talking about value, but most artists don't know how to have access to power. Right? When I talk about power, I'm talking about who makes buying decisions for that specific organization that you're talking about. Because oftentimes, like the band photographer might be talking to the social media person, but that person doesn't have buying power. So how do you get access to them? You know, you can say, absolutely, I'd love to work with you, you know, be able to share these images. Uh, would you like it in XYZ format? If so, I charge XYZ. Right? If they come back and say, sorry, we don't pay for photographers, well, I completely understand that you might have a budget for it. You know, maybe the next show you gave me better seats or tickets or better viewing or There's access to the manager. Chip, yeah. There's always a bargaining chip, yeah, and yeah. I think most photographers don't know how to ask for that. Okay, so you've given us a scenario where they have come to you saying, hey, we, we want those those images. Um, what if they, they don't know that you have those images? Can you just cold call them and say, hey, I shot your band, and uh, I'd love to share this with you? So if I see you in the middle of the street and you're missing a tooth and I was a dentist and say, hey, I could fix that, yeah. Right. And I can fix it for X, Y, Z amount of money and it, it's, it's value to you. You would probably say yes. But the idea is to articulate that there's a problem and identify that in the nicest way possible. You never want to say your baby's ugly, <laughs> <laughs> but you want to, you want to have that conversation to say, Hey, listen, I see this as an opportunity for you to be able to grow. And you have that conversation in a way that resonates with them to say, you know what? You're absolutely right. Yeah. It, that's a value to me. And when you can have that conversation, it, it changes the discussion. So here's a specific personal example. Mm -hmm. My last corporate job before becoming a full-time photographer, I worked for uh, an educational company, got laid off. Within a week and a half, I was able to shoot a commercial for Harley Davidson when I never shot a commercial ever in my life. Right. You told me the story. It's good. Mm. Tell you the whole thing, which is being able to contact a franchise who's opening up a new location and saying, hey, listen, I understand that you need new marketing material. What's Who's going to create it? They hadn't even thought about that step yet. But the fact that I understood that that was valuable to them, and I said, hey, by the way, did you understand that you might need this in the future. We totally forgot. Now I'm putting myself in a context where I'm the person helping. I'm no longer the person that's trying to sell them. I'm trying to help them be able to be successful. Okay, so because, because, because you did that um, and you're identifying that issue, did you then not have to, since you hadn't done one of those jobs no. before, did you get by the fact that you didn't have the experience? So here's what I wanted to do. You talk your way through it? All the work I, in your I, book? I literally pulled my director of photography, the person that produces the, the images, the video, yeah. and said, here's here's my team, here's their quality of work, here's the makeup artist, here's the person that's behind the camera, and effectively all I'm doing is directing, Yeah. right? So all I'm doing is I'm the person effectively putting everything together, I'm organizing this for, for it to be successful. And now, looking at it from, from an outside perspective, oh my God, this person's putting a team together, they identified a problem, they're able to right. solve this specific problem given this specific team, and these are the credentials that they have. Notice I didn't say my portfolio. Yeah, yeah because I, I can articulate a problem and show how I'm going to solve it. So it's leading the client to A to Z and how you're gonna go able to be able to solve that problem. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that, that I found um, was a way for me to win a lot more work when I understood that if I talk to clients in the estimation stage about my production path and how my team was gonna handle it, um, walking them literally through our steps and our thought process, that's a very different thing than just saying, here are my numbers. You know, when you give them a real understanding that you know the process 
or at least if you have direction, if you've got the pathway figured out, that gives them a lot of confidence. Absolutely. So I'm going to add another example to this. We talked about this this morning. So I spoke to a brand that wanted to hire me for a specific gene company, and they said, we want you to shoot this, this specific ad. We have an Asian model. We have uh, this specific backdrop. We have this. We have that. And I, all I asked was, who's your primary demographic, just out of curiosity? Mm-hmm. South American man. Okay. So why are you using an Asian male model? Oh, you're yeah, right. That makes we no should, sense. We should probably use a South American one. That sole question opened the door to that that marketing agency, 13 brands that they have, because they said maybe we're doing this wrong, maybe yeah. we're using the wrong person. So I'm no longer a photographer. I'm effectively a marketing director. Now I'm helping them see value in what we do as photographers, being able to create an image that has the most, again, to the word, impact in their specific campaigns that they're running in South America. That showed. ROI because now you're able to correlate the ad to the people who care. And when you can do that, you have a lot more impact for yourself as a photographer. I'm proving my worth. I'm proving my value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you guys, do you guys, both of you, do you, do you run pro bono sort of spec campaigns, marketing campaigns where you're, you're saying, hey, you know what, I want to work for that company, you know, kind of like Harley Davidson, right? I want to work for that company, so I'm going to do the job for free. I, I don't do jobs no, for free. No, yeah, not but, anymore. Here's what I wind up doing. If I'm interested in shooting something, mm-hmm. right? I don't do spec. I wind up doing effectively a test shoot with my group of people sure. to say, let's try that and see if that's possible. Yeah. And then contact somebody like Harley or somebody like, let's say, Guest Jeans or, or any company and saying, I'd love to do this for you. Mm-hmm. And I know that Look at I what I did. This. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. That, there's a big difference there because your team practiced, right? Yeah. It's like going out and playing practice versus going out and, and playing a game for someone else and hope. Because once. What's stopping them from looking for another team that's going to be able to char- not charge again? They're going to consistently do the same thing. But when you can show proof of concept and it's your team working, if they're interested enough, they'll pay you for it. Yeah. If yeah, you 100%. can discuss that value. Yeah, yeah, you agree yeah. with that? Yeah. I mean, as commercial photographers as well, especially people starting out, I mean, you've, you've got to test. You know, you've got to test. You've got to gain that experience. You've got to start seeing if you can create that work and grow as a photographer in the early stages. You, know, you need that skill set. Yeah. It all comes back to getting that experience. How do you, how do you measure, though? You're saying, you know, you, you, we were talking a lot about value and communicating to the client that, you know, you were bringing value to the table versus what you could just get off the street, per se. But how do you measure that after the campaign is over? Are you like brass tacks? You're going back to the till. There's another campaign that you're bidding for or whatever. I'm discussing that with every single art director I work with, a marketing director I work with, because that that transaction isn't done after I get paid, right? We still have conversations after that. I'd love to understand how that impacted your sales. Did my hypothesis work? Did my theory work? Showing interest. Absolutely, because... Now you're showing that you're invested in their platform. And I mentioned this in the last podcast. I look at every single client like I'm investing in a startup because I want to know how they're doing. I want to see them growing. I want to see them do better. And if I don't do that, then I'm effectively a one transaction person. And you've nailed it on the head. You're building relationships with your client as well and a rapport. If they've got that rapport with you as well, then they know they can rely on you. Mm-hmm. After the last one, they're right. like, yeah, everything was good. It was all sorted. We, we, we shot it. It was all to time schedule. Time equals money. Budget. Yeah, we nailed it. So, I'm just thinking like, as, as image makers, you know, you guys, w- once you go in there and you've convinced the client that, yeah, I can do this job better. Do you care about your brand? Of course, you're going to hire me because I'm going to put you in the literally the best light possible. After you've made that commitment to them and sold them on that, after that's over... 
yeah, the images are going to be fantastic, of course, but is it quantifiable to them that, yeah, I got my money's worth paying this guy this much money versus going with Uncle Bob, you know, with the other? That's a, <laughs> the that's other. a good question. So here, here's another example. That Gene Company had worked with photographers in the past for like 500 bucks. Hire me for 500 bucks. So what they, what they would delivered was images that the photographer shot on location, shot in, like, they sent product to that specific person, jeans, and said, hire those models, be able to do that project. They were never involved in the process of creating that, right? So they get these images, and they literally have to click through different images and, and make selections out of, let's say, a thousand different images. I like that one. I don't like that one. I like the mixture of these two, but I really don't like that specific image. When I brought to the table tethering and involved them in the process of creating, so I sat the art director down next to me. I said, here's Lightroom CC, right? Five-star anything that you love that you never want to get rid of. Or if you, you kind of like it, press three, you know, three-star that, right? So I'm investing them in the process of creating. And I'm like, what could be better with this image? When I started doing that, they're involved in the process of creating. I have a lot more impact because they feel like they're part of the process. How many photographers do that? Yeah. And it's kind of well, the norm. It's kind of the norm in my thing anyway. In the fashion yeah. side, there's art directors on set. You know, they, they know exactly where their campaign's going. And they're like, yes, yes, yes. You know, let's, like Jeff said, you know, sit on the sofa with an iPad with it coming through live and they can start rate them and things. Yeah. yeah. Um, or they can, they can stop. Yeah, I like that. But can we just change this or change that? And then, then it works. And... Well, there's a flip side of that, too. It's not just are you in getting them to be invested in the creative process. You're also getting them to articulate what they like and what they don't about your work. You're able to understand them in, in terms of their brand messaging better. So you can, hit, you can be more targeted next time around or in the next conversation with them because you can garner so much information from that process. Absolutely. And you've got to be in control as well. You know, it's important that you're, you know, you're leading that shoot on that set with all those creatives and all those all those talents there. That's yeah. a really good point because in the, in the internet marketing world, you guys probably know there's this whole idea of involving potential clients with a product that's not yet created, an information product. And if you engage them in the creation of that product, they are exponentially more likely to become purchasers of that product in the future. Well, here, here's the other thing that no one discusses. The turnover rate in our industry and in commercial and editorial is so high. Like when we're talking about major brands, like if you look at Art Directed Adidas, they might be there for, I don't know, six months to a year to two years, let's say, when they go to a different brand. So they still remember you as a photographer. So now when you want to go work for XYZ company, oftentimes they know who you are. You can follow them along their career. But that's something else no one discusses is literally the turnover rate will actually help you and benefit you if you can make great relationships with people as they're jumping through companies. It can. At the same time, Art directors in particular, uh, creative directors, they want to try new people. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah, part yeah. of the part unfortunate of the side of the game is that you may have crushed it for them, totally yeah. knocked it out of the park. But the next campaign isn't going to you. Yeah, it's, it's not because you didn't do a good job. It's because they want to go to San Francisco for yeah, the next yeah. shoot and work with... The guy who shoots apples, not oranges. Somebody yeah, else. exactly. Yeah. Still shoots Do you think yeah. that's why most companies don't have a full-time photographer on staff? Because in the long run, when you look at it, that's way cheaper, right? Uh, to an extent. Yeah, well, but you're limited creatively. Though, yeah, you are. At the, and that, that's the issue. And I, and I think for so many companies, it, it, they're not going to the photographer for their ad campaigns. They're going to an ad agency. 
and they're constantly being tweaked and massaged by the agency on what direction that company should go in. And, and another thing is, you know, big companies are also pitting ad agencies against each other all the time. They're looking for the best creative. They're looking for the campaign that is going to give them a 10% market share growth instead of a 3% market share growth. So they're constantly being courted and talked into different um, approaches to selling their product. And with that is going to come a different set of creatives. So what do you think is happening in general, kind of on a macro level with ad agencies? Like, are they going away? Like the whole, I th- well, whole I, idea? I can, I can, I, yeah, I can articulate that very clearly. I think, number one, the people with the most amount of experience are gone. The, the guy who's been a creative director for 20 years, who's making 125, 130 grand at a really small market, not like a St. Louis or smaller market agency, they're gone because he can that agency owner can hire three or four younger people. So first and foremost, the the um, in inside the ad agency, there's a different uh, approach because the leadership is very different. Clients have also changed because the demand for doing print ads and big campaigns has changed because now it's all instant social media. It's let's do and we talk about this all the time. My clients, you know, clients that I had had for decades, instead of coming back with doing a campaign that was going to be an international print campaign, it was quarter one, social media. Yeah, and they want it half as good. Don't make it too polished. Yeah, which so for, why, for why me, isn't that, that role a full time job? I can't, why don't they have a full time photographer? Because there's so many. Of them. I don't know. That's a really good question because they would ask me. They're like, you know, we don't want you to spend that much time on it. Let's just crank out nine images in a day. Someone out of just college can take I'm great like, photos. I can't. How am I supposed to be cheap. half the artist I've worked my entire career to be? So How do I do half the work? Let's look at this from a business perspective. You guys are both business owners. Both of you have employees. What's the cost of a fully burdened employee yeah. given benefits, 401k, all the things that the art director has? That's something no one's talking about. So I think the, the fact that we need so much media to be constantly in the forefront of all the platforms... In the long run, having that person full time is way cheaper. But we talked about this this morning that. with you not there. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about was like even models, right? So we're talking about major companies, major brands that are, are out there in the market. So as an example, um, Jack Threads pays their their uh, models about five hundred dollars for the whole day, including agency cost, right? If we called them ten years ago, they would have been you know fifteen hundred dollars, twenty five hundred dollars, five thousand yeah. dollars for that model. Costs are obviously diminishing, and the photography is the same way. Yeah, I have friends of mine that are fully staffed at those companies making 45 grand a year, giving mm-hmm. all their exclusive rights to this specific yeah. organization because they're shooting volume. That makes sense. There are large companies. So as a, as a for example, there's a major retailer of wholesale uh, products that has a production house in staff that shoots all of their commercial style shoots, the things that are on their website. But when it comes to editorial stuff, they hire photographers for different visions and different outlets yeah. because they can hire multiple people to hit to Rob's yeah. point. But you can't be mad at the market because that's what the market is. No, then that's so the way like, the market's always been. So the analogy I give everybody is this. You can't, and most photographers are. So one of the first people I, I went to a workshop to said, things aren't what they used to be, right? So you look at, I don't know, the Great Depression. If you look at seamstresses as an example, they invented all these different things that were happening that in the market, industrializing everything, right? They went to mass marketed products to be able to effectively take over the seamstresses. The people that were intelligent created bespoke suits, let's say, instead of making, you know, handmade things and started charging valuable things for those specific markets. I don't blame, so another example, I don't blame the market for changing and the person that's been wrenching gas-powered cars because they didn't learn something new to go out of business. It's their fault for not learning how to work on, on 
you know, hydrogen powered cars, for example. It, the, the, the tables have been turned, you know, it's been turned. They're getting hammered down now, like clients are actually hammering down day rates rather than just accepting it like they used to. Yeah, it well, is how, It is diminishing. I don't how, know that people really How know. many agencies have closed recently? Yeah. I mean, major agencies, a lot of them, yeah. right? So what did it- what, and really just closed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what did an agency do for you? They took the bridge. Out the, exactly. They took out the fear of marketing and discussing business. That's effectively all they did. They said, you create, we'll take care of the business. Yeah. Right. Okay. The market's changing. Guess what? You got to put on your business cap and, and, and yeah. be able to stand up for yourself. This, this isn't the market for Instagram, you know, photographer to say, okay, well, I create beautiful images. Uh, what are you going to pay me? Because you're not getting the value that you're getting back. You're going to get underpaid. That's not just the approach. Yeah. That's not the approach. You have to put your business cap on. This is why I advise people to go to a business school rather than a photography school. The technique for photography is a lot easier to learn by doing than it is in business. Business is one of those things that you have to understand what people want, what ROI is, yeah, what return yeah. on investment is, absolutely, what overhead is. There's yeah. people right now paying forty grand a year to get a photography degree online. You're not yeah. even you're not even Wait. interacting with someone. That is crazy. I'm a college dropout that made three times more in being a photographer than any anything that I made in private equity, right? I didn't have a college education and I've had interns that have had master's degrees, MFAs that don't understand the concept of business that I will always be more successful than because I understand what ROI is and what value is to my clients. When you can put on your thinking cap, you become a lot more successful. When you be put on your business cap, you become a lot more successful. And we had a conversation this morning as well, didn't we? Not only that, but you know, colleges and universities are just not delivering the quality to students. I mean, I guess lecturer you know, in, in the past, a few universities, and I see the level and standard of, of students in their second year that still can't even operate cameras properly. And you're like, man, you've got one year to go and you're going to get chewed up and spat out in no time. But none of them have any business sense. Oh, and here's, I mean, can we be honest? Like most clients don't know the difference between good and great. Uh, no, right the difference is a photographer who's sitting there willing to, to have that discussion, articulate certain things. Like what we mentioned before in, in, in your perspective, just understanding what you bring to the table as a photographer. And if you can articulate that, it makes a lot more sense. There are companies, so let's look at it this way. It's 2018. Speed to market is important to large companies as a commercial photographer. They don't want somebody who's going to deliver photos in two months. They want somebody who's going to be able to give them almost a final output before retouching by the end of the day. Yeah. Right. So if I need, and I know this from personal experience, looking at different businesses and saying they're exporting JPEG, they're exporting JPEG images to sell products. So what do you need to do? Make sure those images are color correct, as accurate as possible out of camera, and be able to deliver those files. Because ultimately, that goes to the retoucher, and it goes out to the person, let's say, putting up the ad, because they need it by next week. To your point, Rob, which is speed to market, if you can, if you can articulate that to a specific demographic of person, they understand that you're dependable and the fastest person possible, and put, put out the highest quality image possible, you're more likely to get hired than somebody who's I mean, never been used before. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just the reality of where our market is right now. They want dependability and speed. Good and great don't matter. Yeah. A lot of the industry is still the same as it used to be. And, and a lot of that is still who you know. I agree. Still who you know. You've got to make those contacts. You've got to get known to these people. We discussed about pounding the, you know, as, as I call it, pounding the pavements and knocking on clients' doors. It seems to be people forget that's still a real thing. And they, they rely on social media far too much and expect clients to find them 
rather than them going out to find the clients. Right. Well, how do you, how do you reconcile the, the whole, reconcile the whole idea of you know if there, if there's someone listening to this podcast right now yeah. and they're you know they're like yeah I I want to I want to do that I want to be a, a photographer I want to be a high paid highly paid photographer should they you know, there's there's two people that are listening. There's people that haven't started learning photography yet, and they're like, okay, yeah, well, he's right. I'm going to learn business first, and then I'm going to jump on that plane. No. That's, that's coming over and um, change careers. <laughs> and then change careers and become a pilot. Uh, but they're, you know, the people that, that are, let's say, a blank slate, right? They'll listen. They'll say, okay, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. I'm going to learn the business side first and then you know, build my photography business on top of that. But what about the people that are on the train already? And they are, you know, they've got a couple of years under their belt or more. They know how to make an image. What do you suggest they do? Should they, is it is it business time or what? Put your ego aside and yeah. start knocking on doors. So yeah. big thing, you got to got to put your egos aside. You got to put yeah. your ego aside. The market doesn't care. No. The market does not care who you are. I mean, that's just the reality of things. Do you know who Mark Seliger is? I don't think so. Okay, so Mark Seliger is a, a famous portrait photographer and editorial photographer. So here's this person that. During the 1990s, knocked on doors, went to photo agencies, went to ad agencies, knocked on, on doors to physically get roles and jobs, right? Mm -hmm. And then he's now known for photographing all these different celebrities, uh, shooting the Oscars, all these different venues. But he started by knocking on doors. He came from, I believe, Texas, came to the New York City to start looking for opportunities. If people, Annie Leibovitz, we talked about this mm -hmm. this morning, yeah, built too. relationships, yeah. so met a photo, according to her bi bi biography, um, met a, or had a relationship, not physically, but like a relationship as a friend with a person that uh, was a stylist for Vogue and was introduced because of uh, the relationship that she had. She knocked on those doors and, and had that opportunity. Maybe, you know, in her own biography, she didn't want to shoot editorial style work, but she realized that that brought in some revenue. She put her ego aside to look at a potential opportunity. We now know her as one of the better photographers in the world because she put her aside her ego. I think most photographers succeed when they start putting away their ego. Just because you've been doing amazing for the last 10 years doesn't yeah. guarantee yeah. work for the next I've said that, when I've said driven that a to thousand work. times. Yeah. It, it, my clients aren't hiring me to make images for them. They're making, they're hiring me to create images that are going to sell their brand. brand. Yeah. I have to take my ego out of it. It doesn't matter if I don't like the image. If they like the image, I've executed it according to the, the brief. The creatives are happy, everybody involved is happy, and I've done the best I can. Then I'm, then I'm happy. But the image isn't for me at the end of the day. It's for them. They're paying for it. If you can think about the brand and the purpose of the brand and what, what, what that final result has got to do for the brand and the company, then you're probably thinking Understanding the, the right brand is, yeah. is really incredible. Yeah. Do your research on the client as well. I, mean, so I, I, have, I would say. I have a serious, do your research on the client. I have a serious question. I want to, I want to kind of uh -oh, flip this. Oh, shit. It's getting well, serious, Rob? Uh, yeah. He's got no, a serious on. face. Stop it. Almost, Stop yeah. it. It's serious now. Well, I've been looking, you know, looking, talking, looking at my clients that are kind of walking it back in terms of quality. Um, just don't, don't do it as good because we want to get nine images done in a day. It's only for social media. You're saying clients don't know the difference between good and great. Do photographers need to be great anymore? I shot, I shot Terry Richardson style and made five figures and not cared in a day. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to, were you, know, you wearing flannel? No, I didn't touch anybody either. Oh. <laughs> you know, making fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars. Sorry, that wasn't Terry Richardson. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you failed. held you held back. I pick, I pick file. Doing doing flash on a camera and still making fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars for the day. I'll put a, I'll put aside my ego. Yeah, you know that there's there's nothing wrong. I mean, who does a doctor okay, make fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars? My question is, do photographers now? really need to be that good anymore? I mean, the reality is you have to produce the work that people want. Yeah, you that's have to, it. That's the reality. Being aware of what what's, they want. What's good? Like, what's yeah. great? Subjective. That's subjective. You know, 
the, what the client wants is what the client wants. Yeah. Oftentimes, you're, the clients are a lot more educated than we are. We have this. So it's like getting hired to uh, design a home, let's say. And you, you look at the home and, the, and the, the person that's supposed to be designing the home says, this is the newest thing that's available. These are all the things that, that you know, I have available versus the person that, that owns the house is saying, this is my style. This is what I'm looking for. Just because you're a designer with a specific outlook doesn't mean that's what the client's looking for, right? right. The client's the one that's paying you. If they're paying you $2 million to decorate their house, dude, put your ego aside and just take the $2 million and do what yeah, they want. Yeah, absolutely. So then that said, what's more important then? So is it the art of the commerce? Yeah, because if we look at it through the business lens and just give the client what they want, are you is, trying to pay rent? Is right, yeah. Is photography a commodity then? It, you're providing a product or service, yeah. right? If you went to if you went to a restaurant and this food was terrible and you said I don't like this and they said suck it up, it's it's good. Everyone thinks it's good except for you. How would you feel? What matters is your palate. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's it interesting because like most it people like Applebee's don't get into this business because of the money. They get into this business because they're really interested in taking pictures. They're driven by getting better. They're driven by shooting for clients that um, they aspire to to tell the stories about. And, and I think that's great and all, but then that's what personal projects are for. Yeah. There's and, uh, nothing wrong with shooting personal yeah. projects that you're passionate about. Do you think, and to go back to the Amy Leibovitz conversation, if you look at her biography, she even established that she did not want to shoot commercial style work because she felt like she was selling out. Do you know yeah. what paid for her to do well in life? Yeah. Her commercial, commercial work. work. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's also the flip side as well is that, um, I think it's a misconception that photographers starting out think that um, you know becoming like a fashion photographer is like yeah, it's fame, it's fortune, and it's not. It's not. It's 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 hard. It's hard yeah. to get the clients. And it's not edit, all slow ed motion edit, exiting limos with yeah, models. Yeah, no. And ed editorial <laughs> is is the you know the thing we see most in magazines, six page spreads or whatever is cheap. It's it's just so cheap, you know. And you work your hardest as well, but you get to be your most creative. You look at a magazine like Vogue. Inside, they have an ad campaign for Dior, and right next to it's your $600 thing that you got paid for. Here's your editorial. How many photographers that are in that perspective are calling the ad agency that shot that Dior, Dior ad to say, yeah, I, yeah. hey, by the way, I shot for Vogue. I would love to do something for you guys. If yeah. you guys looked in the newest publication, I'm literally sitting aside from you. I'm How do I make that page. happen? Yeah. That's it. All yeah. it took was one phone call. That ad, so let's say Dior paid 50 grand or 100 grand for that ad, is worth that much as advertising for you if you can articulate that to people. Yeah. And it's, again, to the beginning of this conversation, knocking on doors to say, look what I did. Yeah. One, you've got to introduce yourself. Two, you've got to, be, you've got to get yourself known. You've got to get your name. Your, your name is, you know, I mean, I go by my name. My name is my brand. Mm -hmm. So you've got to get that known in the right order as well. John's win. Yeah, John's win. Yeah. You've got to start getting that known. And then your imagery, if you've got a specific style, that then is being related to your name. So people start remembering you. Yeah. But, you know, in the early days, I still think, you know, I, I mean, Rob, you'll be aware of this. I mean, I've still got my, my photo books, you know, I've got, oh, my, absolutely. got my fashion, my fashion book, I've got my beauty book, and they're all prints, they're leather bound, they're embossed with our names, yeah. they've got the return labels on their courier bag. Yeah. I, I still have mine from two years ago. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. But, you know, a lot of it's digital now, and a lot of clients will, will happily accept somebody coming in with an iPad or something, you know, scrolling through. So it's all changing. If you even go in. If you even go in. But you st even if you're relying on the digital world, and iPads and not having these these print books done, you've still got to go and see these people. It's still important. You may get found in social media and internet where a lot of people are desk searching, but hey, if you can still present a face and show 
you know, you're, you're keen and you're eager and you've got the skill set and the talent. So when he says when he says you got to go knock on doors, you're talking literally. Literally, knock on yeah. Doors. You're not sending. Hey, I got thirty email addresses. Unannounced, just knock on yeah, doors. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean the thing you is, you can't do th- that these days. You can. You can't yeah. stop by people like that. Yeah, people you get can. Weirded out. No, knocking on doors. I mean the thing is, there are there are a couple like. Who's um, that? There's a couple of publications out, especially in the UK, where you can buy into, you can buy a catalogue of a lot of different companies, especially magazine companies, to tell you who's the art director, who's the art buyer, what the content oh, yeah, numbers are. Are you, you, you can pay you for those. Show can you, yeah. can you guys this, actually show up thing? unannounced yeah, yeah. anywhere? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You just show yeah. up. Hey, yeah. so here, you, here's, but you've got to make sure the person you want to see is there in the first place. Absolutely. So here's here's so an example. I so shot a commercial, stalking. again, I keep saying this, I shot a commercial for Harley Davidson five years ago, right? What did I do? I bought a Harley recently. I went to the same location that I went to and be like, hey, by the way, the owner to the company, right? The owner to the franchise saying, I know that you have three stores. I just bought another Harley from you. The point of that is I've invested in your business. I've invested in your brand. I know that we haven't shot something in five years. It's been a while. How's business going for you? Oh, well, business is okay. We're not really reaching the millennial market. What are you doing in regards to trying to reach them right now? Well, we really, we really don't have any plans going. We've cut going. back. We've cut back or, <laughs> yeah. or we're, we're kind of yeah. using Instagram. Well, here's what some of my clients are doing. I'd love to do something with you. Yeah. You know, this is what's successful. This is what my yeah. clients has, has seen it, uh, as successful. Isn't that knocking on the door? Yeah. Isn't that yeah. looking that for is yeah. Yeah. See, you know, you've got to remember a lot of clients as well, especially people like Harley Davidson. They're, they're not experts in their field of marketing and advertising in-house. No. So they're doing the best they can do to their limits, but sometimes they need leading a little bit and a bit yeah. more education and a bit more suggestion. Absolutely. I think yeah. most companies are like that. They're so inundated with the process of creating what they're trying to put out. So here, here's an example. I've been working with a lot of different uh, commercial companies that focus on the things that they've been doing the last five to ten years but aren't learning anything new meaning they're not studying the market, they're not studying new techniques. I mean, even Photoshop, they're inundated you know, 10 years ago in what they're, what they're using. When I'm able to bring something new to the ta- table and show the value of that specific thing and the value of changing, I now sound like somebody who's an expert in that specific market, right? So as an example we talked about today, even something so small as to say, I'm able to shoot on the field with my, f- with my Canon 5D Mark IV, tether it to my phone, right? send that off to, let's say, a, a retoucher or editor through JPEG, let's say, for them to be able to mock up an ad. I now cut out how much time for mocking up that specific shot, right? When you can start thinking in that perspective, because speed to market is important for people, they start seeing the value of you as a photographer yeah, yeah. rather than taking 48 hours to upload those photos to a site yeah. and you know, get it over to them. I'm shooting real time, getting it over to my phone, getting an assistant to send it over so they can start marking things up. So by the time they have the TIFF file, they have more or less an idea of what they're mocking up to begin with. I now have a lot more value as a photographer. Like those are the things to consider what's, and this is the last point that I'm gonna make is, what is your client's business objective? When you can understand that, you now have value as a photographer. There are two real big takeaways from this conversation. One is don't hide behind your computer and your email. You need to go out and you need to knock on doors and build relationships. Um, Make those connections. And two, think like your client. Yeah. Problem solve their issues. The third one is is what you just got to leave that ego at the door. That's that's one of the biggest ones. You know, don't don't think you're an amazing photographer and you're you've got a light shining around the back of your head when you walk into your client's room. Still got to prove yourself to your client. Sounds like think like a consultant versus think like an artist. Yeah, absolutely. But still have the skill set to deliver the goods. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. It's been a good conversation. Guys, where do you want people to go find your work? Jeff, after you. Google. Just Google my name. Yeah. That's easy. I, I tell that to Jeff Rowe, J-E-F-F-R-O. J-A-S-H-A-U-S. Jeff Rojas. Jeff Rojas.com. And WayneJohns.com. And yeah. Yeah. Wayne. Yeah. And anywhere on social media, you'll find me. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
ProEDU is now unlimited. Get access to every single tutorial. Sign up at ProEDU.com today. Limitless potential, mofos. The dude definitely abides. This podcast is officially over. Catch you a little later on down the trail, dude. Never stop learning.